New car thinking is country autos. Sadly, JB thinks more about donuts, rabbits and coffee. Each to their own. The country autos have all. It's new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. Tate McRae, you broke me first at 11 past 7 here at 92.9. JB for breakfast. All thanks to country autos have all. It's new car thinking. This fella, Nick Carson, right? He started feeling really, really, really sick. Like he said he felt drunk all the time. Like was in this constant intoxicated phase all the time. Just For how long? He suffered it for about 20 years. Just drunk for 20 years. Drunk for 20 years all the time. But without drinking any grog, you know. What? So, yeah. So he was watching an episode of Doc Martin, the TV show. I don't know that. It's... uh, Grandma would watch it. It's on. <laughs> it's on seven two before like Escape oh. to the Country in the Yorkshire vet. Right. Well, it's got Martin seven two. Yeah. No. Sorry. That's why. He, he um. He looks like John. He looks like uh, John Farnham. Martin Clunes does. Righto. Yeah. So t- I've got that in my head. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Just imagine uh, John Farnham in a suit saying, "This is John's- my last tour." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and you got it. So he watched it, and on this episode, Doc Martin, the doctor, talks about it's called uh, auto brewery syndrome, right? He has what? a he has a patient that rocks up to his his practice and says he feels drunk all the time, and Doc Martin, who's sort of did you watch the TV show House? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bit like that. He's like, oh, grumpy doctor. Drunk all the time. Yeah, drunk. Yeah, we got auto brewery syndrome with. Cranky, grumpy doctor syndrome all together right, in the eh? one room. Did you say auto brewery? Yeah, auto like brewery, brewery syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> so he got. So he went to his doctor after watching this episode, and he went, "I watched Doc Martin the other day, and the doc- doctor probably like you went, what the hell is that show?" Said, "How is this relevant?" <laughs> yeah, and said there was this patient on there who's got the same symptoms I I've got and this TV show diagnosed him as having autobury syndrome and I think I've got it. So the doctor, the doctor would have been like massive eye roll. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hugely. He's like, "Mate, just just tell me your doctor googled it, okay? It's yeah. all right." Yeah. So he sussed some stuff out. The guy had it. What? The guy's got So it's a real thing? It's a real thing. Basically, his gut doesn't break down food properly and even the tiniest bit of sugar and carbohydrate will brew into alcohol in his gut, making him drunk. That's why it's all the auto brewery. Yeah. His gut's a brewery. (laughs) Like Carlsberg and Heineken are like rubbing their hands together going, dude, we need to like... You're you're it. You're hired. Get your gut on tap. The poor guy, here's Nick Cannon's his name. He's a 62-year-old from Suffolk in the UK. He has to carry around a breathalyzer with him at all time because he can literally, he said he can eat Victoria sponge cake. Oh, my God, so much sugar. Oh, so much sugar and yeast and flour and all that. And he can literally pass out pissed on the floor. From eating Victoria sponge cake. Oh my cake. god! Like you invite this guy to your garden party, his tea had a party. bit of sponge, and he gone. Everyone's searching his pockets, like, where's the hip flask? Where is it? <laughs> yeah, crazy. His his wife has to keep an eye on him all the time. 
with so what he's no, got. So like, there's no way to, like, cure it? No, not at this stage. No, he's, he's, he has no idea how. And because there's so much sugar and carbs in pretty much all food, he's got to go on this, like, full-on over-the-top diet, but even then he can get hazy and all that. Yeah. And it's affected his social life, his work life, everything well, like that. Well, I mean, that. if he's Phenomenal. put up with it for 20 years, it's yeah. going to be really hard to change your yeah. eating that dramatically yeah. when you feel like, oh, well, I've, like, survived, you know, yeah. for 20 years. Phenomenal. With or- a brewery inside me. <laughs> <laughs> Quarter past... Shouldn't laugh. Quarter past seven, some beautiful sunflowers booming around the place. We put these up on our Facebook page yesterday. They're lovely. No one... Uh, hate sunflowers. Everyone has to universally like sunflowers. All right. Even like Donald Trump, he'd love sunflowers. I'm he'd sure. Say, it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> huge. 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 Um, we're going to tell you whereabouts they are around the place right after this from the Screaming Jet. Get a new Havel from Country Auto's Havel and enjoy that new car smell, which sadly JB's rusted 1991 Daihatsu charade lost a long, 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 long time ago. Thanks to Country Auto's Havel. It's new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. I think everyone loves sunflowers. They're like universally loved. They yeah. really are. Big, bright. They just make you want to yeah. smile. Love it. Everyone lo- And they grow in, like, big fields too. Like, you don't just plant, like, one because that would just be weird. Yeah. You- Unless you're my mum then you plant five. The cat sits on one. <laughs> <laughs> so you have four. <laughs> four with a gap in the middle. <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it in the middle or is it, like, three? Nah, it's, like, one and then a gap and then three. Oh, no. Yeah, so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, apart from your mum... Um, <laughs> everyone plants them in huge fields. Yeah. Always. And there's one at the moment down in Corindai. This is phenomenal. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's off Warra Ridge Road. Uh, you turn off the Camilleroy Highway about 2Ks northwest of Corindai. You can pop into the uh, the Liverpool Plains Visitor Information Centre or the Corindai Visitor Information Centre. They'll be able to give you all the details. Or just drive around down there. You can't miss a big field of sunflowers, pretty much. But the cool thing is, there's an honesty boxer as well. So you can pick him, you can give him to someone, and uh, you can just whack some cash in the honesty box. Please oh, do that as so well. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Very nice. So sunflowers for all down there, a nice little spark of happiness. So they will be blooming for the next uh, couple of weeks till pretty much the end of January. So interestingly, the Liverpool Plains Visitor Centre actually gave out seeds for free to people at the end of last year and they asked them all to plant in the same like two-week time period so they would all start blooming together. Um, obviously, there has been like a bit of, you know, weird weather, yeah. a lot of storms hitting the Liverpool Plains, yeah. but uh, on Australia Day, they're going to hand out some awards for the best sunflowers. Oh, so cool. we'll be talking to someone later this week. You'll probably hear it in our local news. Awesome. So stay tuned. Uh, any of the gaps, I'll have to ask one of the sunflower farmers that got the seeds, any of the gaps down there is because of the cats sat on the, <laughs> they had a lot of cats in the fields. I think that's exclusive <laughs> for Cook's Hill. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's the small Cook's Hill sunflower farm. Yeah, whereas the Liverpool Plains, it's more like a really big patch missing where yes. a cow sat down. <laughs> Very true. Big dairy cow. Just yeah. Would have been huge. It would have been huge. Huge, just like the sunflowers are huge. All right, even Trump would smile. Come on, come on. 
<laughs> I have to send him a sunflower. I don't know say, if we've got enough look time. Look how huge but it is. <laughs> I have to send it to Trump Towers and just say, when you open this box, can we please get a photo of you looking at the sunflower straight away? Saying. Probably still be grumpy. Huge. <laughs> huge. He'll say, I'm going to take this to the inauguration. Inaugurate this. <laughs> <laughs> All Havels come with a seven-year unlimited kilometre warranty. Sadly, for our boss, JB doesn't. JB for breakfast. The Country Autos Havel. It's new car thinking. 92.9. Here's what people are chatting about on the 92.9 Facebook page. A guy in America, this was caught on dash cam footage. He's cruising along. The car in front of him has got a surfboard tied to the roof racks. The wind's caught the surfboard. It's snapped the cables holding it. The surfboard's going whooshka off the roof and come like fin first through the dude's windshield nearly, like, skewered him in the head, smashed right through the windshield. Crazy. The guy's okay. He's all right. He's all good. The windshield and the surfboard certainly came off second best. What have you hit or what have you crashed into while you've been out there driving around? Chrissy had a kangaroo in her driveway coming home from work and, like, Dukes of Hazard style slid across the bonnet and jumped away. Luckily, no dents and just a smudge of hair left on the windshield. Hopefully, the kangaroo wasn't in hot pants either, Chrissy. Uh, Christy, she walked straight into a garbage bin, and then as a kid, she rode a push bike down a hill with no brakes and smashed into a telegraph pole instead of a parked car. That's probably an okay decision there. Busted three fingers in the process. And then another time, crashed a trolley into a whole shelf of lollies that smashed down everywhere all over the supermarket. She then has a bit of self-admission there that she says she's pretty clumsy. I'm thinking that might be the case. And Natalie, a stack of bathtubs she smashed into in a go-kart. She smashed into a side veranda on a motorbike. She crashed into a nut tree in an orchard on her mower a fence on her quad bike, and then she's hit a tree or two and a couple of kangaroos and a wombat in her car. Natalie, I'd, I'd, bad luck's on your side there. I'd probably be handing in any licenses that you have at all, I'm thinking. What have you hit in your car? Or what have you had crash into you? Get a new Havel from Country Autos Havel and enjoy that new car smell, which sadly JB's rusted 1991 Daihatsu charade lost a long, 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 long... Time ago. Thanks to Country Auto's Havel. It's New Car Thinking. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. Find out what's going on locally, nationally, and internationally. The McDonald's coffee break. 743 Kamala Harris, of course, the uh, vice president elect, she'll be inaugurated next week. Uh, she's on the front page of one of the magazines over in the US. Everyone's uh, not 100% happy with it, Tony. Yeah, that's right. So it was just the other day Vogue US released yeah. the cover or potential cover images for their February edition. Yeah. And it features uh, Pres- Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Yeah. And she's not the first politician to grace the front page of Vogue. We've seen First Lady Michelle Obama on there, yeah. uh, Hillary Clinton, um, mm. lots of different There's politicians yeah. around the world. Yeah. yeah. But this one's being criticised for a wash. They're calling it a washout. 
and they've whitewashed the cover. Yeah, right. So if you have a look at the pictures, I mean, Kamala Harris, for a uh, a black woman, she is quite fair-skinned anyway. Yeah, yeah. And these photos are very fair, very, yeah. very light toned. Yeah. And so some people are arguing, saying, you know, was it the fact that they hired a white photographer who doesn't necessarily know the right light settings mm. to um, work well with her skin tones? Yeah. Or have they gone in afterwards and edited it to make her look whiter? Yeah, right. Which is just such poor taste. Now, Vogue has denied doing that. Yeah. Um, but the, a New York Times contributor who's really well known in the like fashion industry, she said, you know, you need to hire someone who understands how to light uh, black skin. Yeah. They work. Um, kind of criticised last year for the, exactly the same issues when they had Simone Biles on the front cover, the mm. uh, Olympic gymnast, yeah. um, for the same thing. And even Simone Biles and her family came out afterwards and said, like, you know, we're so happy to be on here, but you've made me look way lighter than I am in reality. Yeah, right. And I'm proud of my heritage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a hard one. Last year, Anna Wintour, the editor of US Vogue, she penned a letter during the um, heat of the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. saying, you know, Vogue has done a really poor job of elevating black models, black mm. makeup artists, editors, writers, mm. photographers. We're sorry. I'm owning this mistake as the editor and I'm going to do better. So everyone now is saying, oh. well... That's awkward. You know, was that just lip service to the yeah. m- to the moment, or are you actually going to make any changes? Has um, Kamala Harris said much? Has she come out and publicly said anything, or is she on the? She down hasn't low? at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Some of her. So she was the other. The other kind of aspects of it yeah. is that one of the photos is like really just looks like a poor effort compared yeah. to what Vogue would normally yeah. do. There's th- people saying, look at this photo of her, look at this photo. She, You know, the article in Vogue describes this, like, feminist power that's coming into the White House for the first time and could potentially be a president. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're, they're yeah. kind of saying, like, these, you know, weak effort photos yeah. do not represent the article that you've described and they also don't represent the best work that Vogue could put forward when you've got literally the highest position in the country that a woman has ever reached for the first time in history and you've put out this kind of like average photo. It was a little how you going. The the, the photo I think they've used on the front page, she's wearing... Not And look, not that there's anything wrong with it, but as you said, when you're in a position of power like that, surely they could have chosen a better photo. She's wearing Chuck Taylor sneakers. Yeah. With like business... It just it. This is where Vogue, Vogue has said uh, Kamala and her team were fully in charge of hair, makeup, yeah. and outfits. Yeah. So it was her choice to wear that. Yeah. But the the point I guess that everyone else is getting across is that yeah, regardless of what she's wearing, yeah. it's the quality, the construction of the image. Yeah. They've got some draping in the background that represent her sorority and yeah. that she was part of at a you know a historically black college in America. So she's really feeding into that um, narrative, but the image is like the 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 material they've used is like skew if yeah. it's not straight. Yeah. It's like looks like it's just a really half assed kind of yeah. image that 
you know, other people that are criticising it on Twitter have said, you know, I could take a better photo yeah. with my iPhone or yeah. my Samsung and your Vogue. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. So treat, treat it with a bit of respect, I guess, is the thing. You know, yeah, you got or more effort. Like, yeah, you got someone in that position of power. Mm. Treat them as so. Don't just come. You know, don't just go. Yeah, you just put that on, and you'll be right. Yeah, it's all and good. there is a, there is a second photograph. Yeah. They haven't said yet which one that they were going to yeah. actually put on the cover. The second photograph, arms folded, suit jacket, yeah. very square material in the background. Everyone's saying like that's so much better already. Yeah, why would you even release this other one that looks like? I mean, people that work in the fashion industry know that they take hundreds of photos to get one photo. They're like, why are you publicising this one that would have been scrapped in the first edit? So it's interesting. There's two sides there. Like, have they lightened her skin Mm. and have they really put in enough effort for what this cover is supposed to demonstrate? Bizarre. 7.49. Thanks for that, Tony. Cheers. There you go. Flicking through Vogue. Who would have thought? It's it's counts as news. That's good stuff. Uh, that is the McDonald's McCafe coffee break. The McRib is back. The legendary El Maco back at Macca's as well with the awesome chunky Mexican salsa in there. And for dessert, the limited time only mini hotcakes with Nutella. Grab any of those now throughout all three Maccas in the region south on Gunninganoo Road. New car thinking is country autos. Sadly, JB thinks more about donuts, rabbits and coffee. Each to their own. For country autos Havel, it's new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast on Manny 2.9. Time to chat water sustainability with the water sustainability officer at Tamworth Regional Council, Louise Cadell. How are you? I'm good, JB. How are you today? Yeah, doing really well. Doing That's really well. Uh, relatively dry week. How's the dams looking? Uh, look, what a change from yeah. the previous weeks. Um, no, the dams are looking pretty good, I have to say. So Chuffy yeah. Dam's at 41.9%, so edging on that 42. Yeah. Long way from that 50% we need to look at permanent water conservation measures for Tamworth, Moonby, Katingle. Um, Dungowan Dam still at 100%, so that's cool. awesome. And Split Rock, unbelievable. It's at 12.6%. I've not seen it this wow. high in a very long time. Yeah, so cool. as we talked about previously, it's a huge amount of water yeah. at 12.6%. So good to see those um, those dam levels yeah. risen a little bit. Beautiful. No, lovely. Now, you guys at council at the moment, you're doing the drought management review uh, the council's currently undertaking that at the moment. Louise, how does that work? How what, what do you hope to get out of that review? Yeah, look, so the drought management plan is reviewed every five years or after every major drought. So yeah. we're, we're at that point now. Yeah. Um, basically, how it works is that we've got a few, we've got four phases. So at the moment, we're in phase one, and that's that survey that's um, happening both over the phone. So we've engaged a consultant to do that over the phone. Um, they've got to collect 500 responses from a, a, um, a raft of residents. So we've got um, hitting all demographics, ages, locations, genders, all those sort of things. Yeah. Um, and it's also available online as well. So anyone who doesn't get that phone call, because, you know, there's a lot of residents yeah. um, connected to the town water supply. So anyone who doesn't get that phone call can also do it online. So basically we're hoping to collect that information, um, get people's feedback on how council did um, in the last drought, how we manage water and, and water restrictions and all mm. of those sort of things. 
But yeah, I suppose that information that we get in the surveys will help us um, shape the draft drought management plan. So the next draft, so that's phase two. So the draft will be created again yep. by another consultant. And once that's done, um, we'll put it out on public exhibition where the community can, again, have their say and um, make any changes to that draft plan. And we'll hold some community meetings as well during that time. So public meetings where people can come along, um, stand up, have their say on, on that draft plan and, again, make any changes or, or suggestions mm, to yeah. that plan. And then once all that's done, um, any amendments will be made and then the plan yeah. will be endorsed by council. So all of this should happen within six months' time so that we really capture the most recent drought and those feelings. I think we touched on it last week, but a lot of the feedback we get here online is mainly about keeping water restrictions in place until Chaffee Dam has more water in it. Uh, what happens to the water we save? Does it stay in Chaffee Damp when we need it the most? Yeah, look, so a lot of people think that um, by saving water, it goes into the big pot and we can yeah. use it again later. And I look, and I hop on every week and talk about water conservation and why it's important. And I will touch on that um, next because yeah. it is really important. Yeah. But unfortunately, um, well, at the moment, Water New South Wales, they allocate um, a certain amount of water for all the water users in a year. So the state government does that. Tamworth's Regional Council is allocated a certain amount of water from Chaffee Dam. So think of it like Chaffee Dam is a bucket mm. and Tamworth Regional Council gets one cup full of water from that, that bucket. Mm. If we don't use our whole cup full in that year, then any leftover water in that cup goes back into the bucket and all the other water users can buy it or purchase it and it can be used elsewhere. So technically, if we save water, it doesn't get put away for a a dry day or times of low supply or emergency when we we most need it. So until that changes, unfortunately, um, the argument of being on higher water restrictions all the time... You know, we've really got to think about that because do Tamworth Moonby Katingle residents really want to be on those really onerous water restrictions for long periods of time for for what, yeah. you know? Because um, that water that they're saving, doing the hard yards to save, can be sold to other water users. Um, so that things have to change, but that's a very complicated yeah. subject. And councillors are looking to, to have that water sharing plan amended, but there are a lot of stakeholders involved in that and it's a, an extremely complex um, subject, which which water is. So Yeah. Um, why, why is it important that we continue to be responsible with water regardless of those restrictions being in place? Absolutely. So, well, firstly, water costs money, doesn't it? So yeah. it saves us money. Um, yeah. if, you, if you are conservative in your water use, if you don't waste water at home, naturally it's going to save you, you money. Yeah. Um, secondly, we live in Australia and it can have extreme periods of dry. And whether or not you're a believer in climate change or not, we are tending to see those more extreme weather patterns happening, whether or not it's, you know, extreme flooding or extreme yeah. heat. During those times of extreme heat and extreme dry, we need to, I guess, jump back into action and, and be conservative in our water mm. use because it is a finite resource. It does run out as we've as we've just experienced. So I think practice makes perfect. If you if you know how to be conservative in your water use mm. at all times, you're better yeah. off when it's when it's bad or yeah. times of low supply. So that's a reason why we we should learn to be conservative be sustainable in our water use at all times and also for the environment. I mean, we all saw our, our streams and rivers and, and creeks yeah. and everything run dry and, and look pretty awful during yeah. the drought. So the, the more water we save, um, also the more that's av- available yeah. for the environment and keeps that healthy for future generations. So there's plenty of reasons why we be conservative yeah. in our water use. 
And fortunately, until that water sharing plan, I suppose, is changed for, for town water supply yeah. purposes, um, yeah, it doesn't go into that big pot for us to be to yeah. use when, when we need it. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, that's right. The councils will continue to push for it, no doubt. Louise, thank you so much for the chat. I know it's a very complicated subject that takes hours and hours and hours of time to discuss in full detail, but I think you've broken it down very nicely into the little bites that we can use here. Thank you so much. We'll chat again next week. And uh, more details, obviously, on the council website as well. Absolutely. So there's a whole page dedicated to yeah. this review um, You can and the survey's available yeah. on there too. So if what I've said isn't clear enough, jump on there and get all the details. Exactly right. The latest national...